Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Team Chat, IGN's Destiny Show. Thank you so much for joining me and my co-host in the studio today. Joining me is CJ Gibson. What's up? Sean Finnegan. Chomp, chomp. <laughs> Still doing that. <laughs> wow. And Steven Rue. Bam, bam, bam. Oh, I like oh, that. Oh, there it is. I like that. There it is. Bam is me, though. Oh. Bam's my thing. You did pow last he, time. He takes everybody. Bam! He takes everybody's. What is Bam. I don't know. It's just something I started doing out on lock. I don't. I didn't watch a lot. You did pal. Pal got better last time. Anyway, on the show today, we're going to be talking all about last word, what we think about the quest, what we think about the weapon, and we're also going to talk about that weapon tease. Who knows what it could be? It's definitely not Thorn. And uh, how the gun is running PB. And we have a whole bunch of fan questions. A little bit of a slower week, but. Man, some of those sandbox changes to the weapons, it's really, really cool to see people on Reddit posting these insane runs. Yeah. Like there was a, a whisper run. With Saw that. <laughs> using uh, Syntheseps and uh, the lower tier on the Striker Titan. Yeah, where he basically just went through and shoulder-checked everything and got his All the way back. to the end. Yeah, for like five minutes or something. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. And I saw a, a Warlock with infinite Nova Bomb. Oh, geez, I haven't seen that. With uh, Skull Diaram Ahamkara. Yeah. And the Hunter Golden Gun, too, like firing more than six shots. You extra shots, oh, like yeah. up to nine. Yeah. I heard. hate that. So good. Yeah. So good. <laughs> so there's, there's some stuff going on within the sandbox that's really fun. But yep. the big topic is the exotic quest. It's finally here. We've la- wrapped up Black Armory. Uh, let's start with the quest itself. How did you guys feel about it? I didn't like it. CJ, what did you think? <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I Big mean, surprise. So we all kind of played it last night uh, at around the same time. So it was kind of cool. Steve and I jumped in uh, to grind the Lost Sector simultaneously near the end. Sean, you got it about like an hour before us. So yeah, I did half of it yesterday and then half of it today. But it was funny listening I mean, to your yeah earlier this morning. Yeah, listening to your reaction, you got it like, oh yeah, so cool. And you took it into PvP for the first round. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I was uh, a diehard Last Word fan in Destiny One. Mm. I was one of those guys who i thought you were foolish if you used thorn over last <laughs> what yeah like i thorn had la- i had thorn and i used it a lot too but like to me i was very much a last word guy yeah mm-hmm. uh mastering the sort of spacing that you have to be good at in order to get last word to be very effective because it's not that great at range and it was definitely even now it still loses out to ace of spades and stuff and i imagine it'll lose out to thorn at range uh but being if you were really good at mastering that space and getting in close range with people you were almost unbeatable yeah and i feel that way about last word now it feels very powerful uh and i love it in pvp and it's just like a really cool gun yeah it looks cool and feels cool i was hoping you guys would talk a little bit about the quest because we can talk about the quest at the end of the quest uh there's this mission where you have to like draw yes that was spoilers yeah if (laughs) if people haven't got to it yet but we're gonna talk about it for a second uh what did what did you guys think about that portion of the quest there's not really anything to spoil there's there's one thing that happens yeah exactly but it it is kind of neat um yeah yeah, it was cool because we steve and i were kind of playing together and yeah i didn't 
didn't know at first what to do because you're like, did you shoot him in the head? He's registering yeah. immune. Like, oh, you're drawing with him. It was pretty neat. Like, didn't last long, but it was pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's the most interesting part of the quest. Like, the quest line itself is... Uh, Go to Lost Sectors, get yeah, the King Kills there. It's pretty simple, and it takes you, you know, if you're quick about it, maybe like two, two and a half hours to get through that first main section if lot, you if you're decent at pvp a yeah. lot of community members did not like the pvp portion i've heard i've seen that on reddit i know it's but guess I, I, what I, I, gonna, I guess what i'm about to say oh yeah yeah get good get, get good yeah. Dude, like I, I it just literally say, took me it, <laughs> yeah. it took me two matches yeah to i get just through the pvp parts. you get okay you get two percent for a kill yeah yeah and you minus lose one. one you minus one for a death but it, an assist counts as a 2% too. Yeah. Yes. So, so you literally have to have a 0.5 KDA. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a 0.5 KDA, I'm sorry. I agree with Sean. Okay. So understand. real quick, these three these three are very good at PvP games. You have probably seen me play PvP games, and it's uh, not great. But I did it. I did it in, in one setting. I think the and whole quest did took you me play four with, hours. Did you play with like teammates or did you solo queue? I did play with some friends. And uh, honestly, it wasn't the kills that were challenging because that was just sort of on me. It was the revenge, it was the revenge kills. Second and match. that we part, I was like, oh, this makes me play in such a weird way that yes. I don't like. So that first, that first step where you just have to get to 100%. Uh, that was pretty easy for me. It literally took me two matches. I did like yeah. 55% in one took match, then the more. rest in yeah. another one. <laughs> I play very aggressively and I flank yeah. a lot and I, I don't yeah. know, I just like to kill people yeah. in that game. In the game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're right though. With, when you have to get the revenge medal, the blood for blood and the, I forget the name of the other one. Um, best serve cold. Best yeah. serve cold. That, takes a little bit more strategy. Like, I found myself following around other Guardians and waiting for yep. them. I to switched die. to a pulse rifle, <laughs> and I was, like, waiting for them to fight, and then I'd jump in and back them up, but I'd also kind of let them die. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, I could have saved them before, but that's the only way oh, to get Oh, I couldn't get you, buddy. Sorry. And that yeah. particular step maybe took me five matches in quick play, five or six. It took me so many matches for Really? That. More but than that, yeah. though? Five like or six? My play, thought, my play style is I just ape everything. Yeah. I'm, yeah. The, I'm the guy that you get the revenge medals off of, because I've run in there kill like three and die yeah. yeah yeah so i was if if i played with you yesterday i apologize because i baited the crap out of it yeah <laughs> it's what it has to be that's it it definitely i play the same way as you i'm yeah. very fast i'm very aggressive but on this you can't be that way otherwise you're yeah. giving the, everyone else the medals and you have to earn the medals Dude, yeah I, that's that's gonna be my story i supported my team <laughs> i let them get all rip. those medals that they needed was, and they helped me they threw a few deaths Dude, it was so way. bad I, it was. I launched mayhem, and I stood in spawn for like ten seconds until like everyone left, and then I started following <laughs> then everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but see, that's what I did. And I did it in mayhem in about three or four games because with blade barrage, you just get the super back instantly when you use shards. And I just uh, waited for everybody to go in. They would all kill each other, and I'd stand back. I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. Whoever, whoever spawns, blade wow, barrage there you is go. a really touchy subject for me yeah. because it was adjusted for PvP, and PvP it's still totally fine. Still pretty good. And now it sucks in PvE. Mm. It, that's it, what I've heard. No, it's it's still pretty good i think it's one of those things where yeah, i think they nerf like the initial like impact damage mm-hmm. um so like the explosions is a little bit more I but think... it's supposed to be nerfed in pvp and it's great no it's still good in <laughs> pvp like yeah. i didn't feel like oh this is not working um i was talking to steven i think it procs a little bit differently now when you're wearing teddy, gauntlets teddy was saying They're last explosives. night that now yeah. a majority or all of the damage happens on the explosion and not the yes, initial impact the initial. because yeah. before each, each whatever it's called blade does 35 damage i used to do like 115 or something yeah mm-hmm. so but i mean for the most part it still works well and i got it yeah i got it um you know that part of the quest done in about i think three mayhem matches so but it was baiting your teammates waiting for them to die and going there in. is this issue on reddit of the pvp elements of this quest being too difficult mm-hmm. did you guys feel that to be the case 
I mean, I, I, again, I feel like I sympathize and can understand those players. I, I don't relate. That's the problem. So when I don't relate to something, I always go, okay. I think the bigger issue was it wasn't clear. Like, and I think that was the problem with the last what wasn't time. Clear? What wasn't clear what you had to do in PvP. And obviously people look it up and they even addressed it in the, I mean, it says in, it though in the, well, right, but it, it says like get to 100%, but it doesn't directly say what you need yeah, to do. Yeah, but Destiny's never said that. But that's what I mean. So that, I mean, they addressed it in the weekly update though. Like they oh. said, oh, people didn't know what to do in the Crucible. And it's funny that, yeah, like if you didn't play Destiny 1, I guess you wouldn't know. And that's yeah. probably what they're running into a little bit. But well, did I, mean, I actually it, think it was an issue? No, not personally. That's really odd for me to hear that they had to address that because it literally says get kills, kills increase your percentage. Deaths take it away. Like it says that in the right. tool tip. It does. So how is that? Because I think it's confusing. because it's a percentage because you yeah. don't ever really like Bungie never you don't says have a good feeling. About yeah. It. You don't have like a number. And I think when there's a number like kill 15 of these dudes, your brain goes, oh, it's like, what is this percentage thing? This was an issue yeah, with the last be, time Thorn was around in the quest. And but it's hard to do that with percentage oriented quests because you could kill. Absolutely. If you didn't die at all. It would just take 50 kills, right? Right. Yeah. You guys but, excited about those void kills in Crucible? I can't wait to do that. Because in D1, yes. to get Thorn, yes, which, same thing. which is being teased, yeah. it was void kills specifically in the Crucible. Yeah. That yeah. was a difficult quest. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't find the P, I didn't, I didn't find the whole quest difficult in general, but the PvP parts I find particularly head scratching when people say it's too hard. Yeah. I mean, but it's weird. I, just, so what's I didn't your like take? the metal part. Yeah. What's your take on oh, it? Oh, I, I didn't particularly like the quest to me it was another grindy quest and i was i was hoping for a little bit more of story elements i read all the lore tabs as they really came up. good it's sort of a sort of a story from shimmel fur talking yeah. about you getting the power and then kind of like letters to you yeah it's weird in yeah. a way yeah. because like they're more they're like more journal entries mm-hmm. like i mean when a whole, let me back up i wish they were more like journal entries they play more like letters directly to you mm-hmm. and they're very like abstract and kind well, of like philosophical you get two sets of lore. You know the goth kids in South too? Park? I just pictured there's, one of them reading there's the, the sh- there's the <laughs> There's the Shin set of lore, and then there's the like the Dredge and Your set of lore. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because what I did think was really cool is that Shin's talking to you about like revenge feeling like the holes in your heart and all that stuff, and like yeah. the revenge for Cade and all that, and how he was on that path, and how it kind of led him down a different path. And I'm a Dredge, and so when he was talking about... Uh, you know, people like t- wanting to take up these weapons of sorrow and like fake parading this guy's name around that he ended up killing. Like, this is all really kind of cool stuff. Yeah. Like, the lore is awesome. Uh, and then when you go back to the drifter and he starts mm-hmm. calling you a punk and he's like, you're yeah, because like, oh, he's like, okay. you're playing both sides now. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's so cool. That's I mean, it's just, I thought the lore and storytelling was actually kind of cool about yeah. it. Yeah. I, I, I like the quests. Um, but I want to ask, like, what would you have made it different, Dustin? Um, I would have had cutscenes or something, some sort of uh, narrative delivery device instead oh, of reading. You sound like the, me. The eight pages or show <laughs> or so in uh, a lore tab in the game. It would have gotcha. been great to have some sort of narrative delivery device, like put a Shin Malfur character somewhere in the game and have him actually talk to us. Have somebody narrate that that character yeah and and deliver it that way because i I really didn't feel a big connection with the letters i felt like i was reading a letter that was really uh it seemed a little like ominous but it was written by like i didn't particularly connect with the writing so i'm like all right i get it you're dark and brooding and bad things happen and now we get this guy yeah i think it could have benefited from a little bit more sort of uh texture like narrative presence like so for instance if you're not if you're a guardian who plays the game but isn't like I'm not even really hyper focused on lore, 
there's a good chance you have no idea who Shin Malfer is. Yeah. And so like these letters are just they read like total like they read like some goth punk kid in high school who's like emo, <laughs> right? It's about like just being sad and dark and brooding in like December and snow and stuff. That, that's kind of how they write like, to me. Yeah, and they, I know who the character is. But like to me, <laughs> yeah. they're really cool because I know who Shin Malfer is. So yeah. like yeah, you actually bring up a good point. Like a cool really like a really cool but brief cutscene about Shin's like history and his role with the last word mm-hmm. and like maybe even just a little backstory with Jaren and you know who Dredgen Yor is and that whole confrontation could have added like a really triple A feel to this small element. It did open up Bife to make a fantastic little video. So about, I've heard yes. Yes. about the last yeah. word. I haven't, I haven't had an opportunity yet, yeah. to watch it yet, but everybody's raving about half. it. So yeah, I haven't either. Check that out. <laughs> but, so cool. But we had followed uh, on here last week, and, and he's doing a bunch of videos right now. I actually watched his um, take on, like, you know, the quest with Shin Melfer and, you know, just the conversation between Thor and, um, yeah, the last word. So it is cool. Like, when you understand that, I think you give it a little bit more space or some understanding but it would be nice yeah to have some kind of like narrative voiceover or something in there to explain it yeah and yeah, it's just, weird because you have the ghost delivery device you could have played back recordings or like yeah like and i wonder why that's not utilized more i guess you have to pay a voice actor well just like well like yeah. you know how some of those even in, uh, uh, in the campaigns of destiny like destiny 2 when they're they kind of just do these like cool sort of abstract art pieces that reflect points that have happened in the game before mm-hmm. like kind of a bring you up to speed type thing. Even one of those could have been cool. It doesn't have to be like an in-game engine voice acted cutscene, but like someone like Zavala or even the Drifter being like, I remember Shin. I met, <laughs> I met him once. And then you see like a cool art yeah. piece of these two guys. Like just put a visual to who this guy is. Like even that yeah. could go a long way. Well, I, I liked that. Uh, I think it was the last part of the Malfeasance quest, right? Where you actually heard the dialogue of the golden gun and that, yeah, that, that, that was interaction. Cool. And like, that it's strange because they teased that mission during the last word teaser, yes. they, we never visited that area. But that was cool. I remember doing that, and then you see the shadow on the rock, like even something oh, yeah. subtle was, like that, that to really tell cool. that story. Like that was really well done. So would have been nice, but I still like the actual quest in the moment where you like you don't you haven't obtained the weapon, and then mm-hmm. you hit the button, and you're like draw, and you're like oh yeah, it just appears, and you're like <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, I crazy. definitely like, that was really cool. I definitely was like draw, and then I like yeah. press the button, and then I have the gun, and I'm like <laughs> cool, and then I was like I guess I shoot this guy. <laughs> and, but yeah. and you immune. know what? Yeah. You know what's really cool yeah. is. The, those guys that were drawing on you, they were holding Thorn. Ooh, oh, really? That's yeah. Cool. yeah. Well, they did tease Thorn already. Uh, I got to ask you guys a question. How do you feel about the fact that we're doing these exotic quests for weapons that we had in Destiny 1 that we're just now getting back in Destiny 2? I've and now they're, they're teasing the next exotic to be another weapon that we had in Destiny 1 that we're getting in Destiny 2? I fully expect there to be some backlash about, hey, these are weapons that we've already had before. We're just getting old content again. Um I can see why that is. I don't like the idea of just recycling content and then getting giving it back to us that we've already, you know, stuff that we've already had. But at the same time, uh, more content is good. Con- more content is good, and I think that if Bungie is thoughtful and makes the process of obtaining these weapons that we really want, even if we've had them before, awesome. Then I'm on board with that. Like if the quest is fun, I like just doing the quest. Uh, I don't really mind that I've already had this weapon. Yeah, I agree with you. I understand where they're coming from in terms of this is content that we already paid for or that we've already had. Why are we earning it again? But after holding the last word yesterday, (laughs) it felt so good. Like it Mm -hmm. felt like you were being at home again and it feels like an iconic destiny weapon and it just feels like it should be in the game along with like Thorn, Galahorn and like those weapons, please just bring them all back because it feels like destiny to me. Yeah, totally. 
I mean, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. I I've I heard and understand the other side. I think um, the quest you all remember playing Destiny One was the Galahorn quest. Really well done. Uh, had a little story for forging the Galahorn and rebuilding it. That was cool. And there's a lot of people who didn't play Destiny One. So bring all these cool weapons back into the meta and into the game. Yeah, I wish there was maybe a little bit more story behind the weapons if you were not a part of that Destiny 1 experience. But them coming back into Destiny 2, I love it. I really enjoy it. I talked a little bit about this on the stream. Like, you know, I stream a lot after work. But you what, stream? What, one of the challenges, yeah, twist.tv slash the Destiny <laughs> channel. You can check it out. Uh, anyway, one of the things that I'm feeling and a challenge that I'm having with Destiny right now is the fact that I feel like I've had these experiences before. And it's just being recycled over and over and over again. So for me, it's hard to feel incentivized to gear up. What am I gearing up for? What I'm 650, so I get a, a set that's not particularly compelling in Iron Banner this week, this time for me. Maybe it'll be a better-looking set next time. Uh, the raid sets, there's no real perks. The The raid set in the new raid looks fairly similar to the, the raid from set from Spire Stars. Mm-hmm. And... I don't see anything in the tower ever where I'm like, man, I really want that. And, th- and that's causing a, a really challenging gameplay loop for me in Destiny because I sign on and I just I don't know what the chase is anymore. So there's definitely a balance to be struck, right? Like obviously you could skew one way or the other mm-hmm. as to, you know, you definitely don't want to recycle all old content all the time, right? Because mm-hmm. that would be a bummer. But you also can't spend too much time and resources on entirely new things because that takes time and money and it slows down the development process. So there's a balance, right? you got to do a little bit of both. And I think Bungie's done a pretty good job in Destiny 2 of giving us some old stuff and some new stuff. But, like, to your point, there needs to be that carrot on a stick and there needs Mm -hmm. to be something that entices hardcore players to continue chasing something, whether or not that's an old thing or a new thing, um, I think is to be determined. But, like, I do kind of get what you're saying. But at the same time, that's the game, you know, like trying to... Yeah. Guess what? I'll tell. Let me. I'll. I'll make a wild prediction right here. Destiny three. <laughs> Destiny three is a game where you're going to have to earn weapons mm-hmm. and complete challenges to earn gear and learn more things about your character and acquire power. Like this is. That's what the game is. Like it'll so, always be that. And what if all that be. stuff? What if all that stuff is just stuff that you had in Destiny two? They take it all away again, <laughs> and you're starting over, and you're just getting the same weapon for the third year in a row. So again, I can see why that would suck. Yeah. But I would also say I think Bungie is a talented enough development studio yeah. to where if they were thoughtful and took their time with it, that you could think of an interesting way to delete everything from Destiny 2 and then re-earn the exact same thing and make that worthwhile, mm-hmm. make that interesting. Like what they kind of did with Destiny 2 where like your vault is gone because it got destroyed by the Red Legion. Like it was yeah. a narrative way to explain yeah. why everything was gone. Mm-hmm. Uh Something like that, except a little bit more inventive because now we've seen that. Well, and I think that's going to be their challenge. I think people are like, oh, don't do that all over again. And, and I don't think yeah. they will blow up the vault, but you're right. If they take it all away, to be clear, you get it back. To be yeah. clear, I'm not advocating for Bungie just to recycle old content. And but you're saying they I'm saying that there's a balance to be struck. If you take old content, you're going to give it to us again, and you do it in an interesting way. Yeah, I, I th- don't mind that. I definitely need that carrot because I don't have it right now. All my characters are 650. I have all the gear. I've done all the raids. For me, you guys are PvP guys. But ah. For you, I get it. So that's that's what I was just gonna say. So oh, I didn't want to interrupt. Even in PvP, though, dude, in Destiny One, I would play with you guys all the time because I felt compelled to chase the gear yeah. from and Trials, Trials of Osiris, yes. which is gone. Yeah. So that I could be geared up 
for other PvP modes, yeah. to play with you guys, to be geared up for trials when it came back next weekend, and they took that away. So I have no, yeah. little to no incentivization to be doing PvP. Right so, so I think that's the thing. Like, for us, you know, and I've said this probably a few times, we see Destiny as, like, PvP is an end game. Mm-hmm. You know, when you don't have that, and there's only PvE, PvE is great. I like the way that the game is pl- flowing, and you get weapons and all that stuff, but PvP you that is the end game for us because yeah. we get the weapons launch into pvp play it test it out like that's what steven and i did last night for like a half an hour like oh mess what, around with the gear mess around with the gear like at what range does this work i'm on controller does this hip fire is it better to ads you're missing that because that's not part of your repertoire yeah and last word was never one of my favorite guns so for me i'm kind of like yeah i got it but yeah. whatever uh and but- i think yeah that so that's the challenge right like and i don't know if they and it's hard for them probably to create those carrots in PVE that are outside of all these quests once you get them, right? Yeah. So if you don't feel that way, yeah, I mean, I don't know how you fix that. Right? I don't know. I think it's half and half, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. To me, PVE is actually the most compelling part of Destiny right now. Yeah. I think I think PVP is kind of not in a great state. But the thing, like, there's stuff to chase in PVE, like the title. Like, me grinding yeah. the Dredgen title was actually some of the most fun I've had in Destiny 2 in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like... I don't know. I find it hard when people. I I don't know. I don't. Unless you don't value titles, I do think there are things to do. Like the title grind is awesome. I just saw my first blacksmith title out of the wild, and I was like, oh, I really want that. (laughs) That's so cool. There's definitely things to do. I would not argue that, and I'm not trying to say that Destiny's dead or Destiny's dying. I think a lot of people hear that when I'm saying like, hey man, I'm kind of struggling because I don't really know what I'm. Am I supposed to run the raid again? Am I supposed to chase a randomly? Do you want to generate a a drop? No, I don't care. Yeah. No, I don't care. I get a title. Okay. Well, they're probably going to reset them. They, they me, reset stuff so often. I'm like, if I get her, are they just going to take it away? Oh, man. Because oh, they're, they're, about, to take, away, they're about to take riot. away my power level advantage. Well, they haven't reset the titles yet. If they they're new, titles, they were introduced with Forsaken. But, like, you were yeah. talking about how you walk around the tower and you don't see anything worth chasing. Anytime yeah. I see a title, I'm like, that's the coolest thing. Yes. Okay. Like, to me personally, that is the thing to chase. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, well, the difference between deaths, like, what it, so. To go back to your carrot thing, yeah, I do agree. There, there always has to be a carrot. Like that's the most addicting thing in Destiny. Like, yeah, you want something and you chase for it and you grind for it. But there is a point in the content where it's like a content drought and there are no more carrots to chase. The, I think, the, but the only difference between Destiny One and Destiny Two is there was trials on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Like thinking back at it now, like I didn't play much D One except trials. Once I got all my carrots, yeah. So. And now there's so much PVE to do. Like in yeah, a way, there's a you, ton of PVE to do. Like yeah. there's a ton of like carrots that people might not care for, but there are a lot of carrots. True. And I feel like in D2 they've done a really good job of giving us those carrots. It's just there isn't that mode like trials that because like how often did you do the raids in D1 over and over again? A lot. All the time. Like for me, All, I mean no, the carrots let's be, in D1 let's be a lot, but not like. Once you once you Let's got be realistic, you did them a lot for like a month or two, but then after the third, fourth, fifth month, you well, we didn't do them again. No, because the, the old ones. No, I, that's I, I did them a fair amount because you always usually had like exotic chance drops and then and then chests. And but all like that I stuff. said, it's after like, the first or two months, like at, yeah, at, once you I got made, all the gear. But I ran yeah. vault basically up until the second raid launched because I never got Galahorn. Yeah, it took me forever to get yeah, Galahorn. Okay, so and Vex Mythoclast took me a long time. I never got all the weapons. Statebringer took me a long time. Yeah, so I, once you have all or those the armor carries, pieces, though, 
you're not doing it for fun again, really. Well, you're also, doing it the, for the camaraderie of your You see friends. the problem, yeah, though, with, like, making exotics the carrot. Like, if the drop chance is so low for an exotic and you're doing the raid over and over and over again for two mm-hmm. months trying to get that, you're going to have the same problem people had earlier in Destiny 2, which is that the exotic rate drop the exotic drop rate is too low. It's yeah. still pretty low. Says the guy that's got 2,000 voices in one. <laughs> still don't have Yotan. <laughs> I'm not saying I said that. I'm yeah, saying that yeah, the yeah. community yeah, thinks that the exotic rate was too low. I didn't do Yotan runs this week. Did 10 runs. Didn't get that. Oh, can I've, we talk ooh. about how stupid Yotan is? <laughs> Just I don't think a side note. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty good. Oh, a PvP match starts. I run and immediately get blasted by Yotan. Like, <laughs> but when you, shot. when you know it's, it's so out tough. there, it's pretty easy to avoid. You can usually jump. Like at range, it's He's kind of a little... You should be able to avoid that. Yeah. You should be able to avoid that. See, you were gonna say something like we met probably in trials or i don't know well, i was gonna say we met like on the tail end of taking king yeah and i don't i think i did one raid with you total no exactly i think at that point like because i had a different squad but we met during trials and it was weird I, I i did run a lot of raids for that reason but the power level as well as the raid weapons were so good so you wanted to get different roles of them right yeah. like yeah. i ran well, them for you that had reason a lot you had the gear game the weapon games they were locked yes yeah. and, and the armor game because yeah. the, the armor, armor game perks. and then you had two different types of armor one yeah. that had like effects and stuff on it mm-hmm. that that you could unlock and yeah. I'm still amazed that they have these fantastic raids that they just never remastered and brought to Destiny 2. I, I don't understand why that never happened. Maybe it will in the future. Yeah. Time, um, resources. Yeah. Money. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we talked about... Well, I mean, obviously those reasons, but yeah. they have this other stuff that they brought into Destiny 2. Like, they brought back uh, the Cosmodrome, for example, which we can't access anymore. And it's just this huge asset that they developed and created that isn't utilized anymore. It's strange that they're willing to invest time, money, resources into that thing that we're going to see once, but they don't want to work on the the pinnacle items like raids and bring those over. Yeah, but it's not a zero sum game, right? Like they're probably you probably have a priority list of the things you do want to bring back and what you can and can't do based on the time and resources. Yeah. There's probably a big list where like this is all the stuff we want to bring back. We can't do one, two or three because they're too much time, money and resources, but four, we can do that. Maybe that's like a cosmic. Well, we can bring back last word. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, we were just talking on the power level real quick. I think like six forty. I wish that they would have almost had like a soft cap at six forty, requiring you to do Iron Banner or the raids or something. Because when you had Prestige mode in King's well, Fall, there's a reason why they did that. I know, but it's like I missed that. Like I get that they want everybody to be able to get to the cap by not doing those things and alienating them, and that's the reason the Prime yeah. Mangrams well, there. But it's but a, again, it's a, it's a never win thing because if you did right. that, I, I I prefer that. I prefer yeah. you having to do the raid to get to max light. But when you do that, you have like the majority of the community saying, "I don't have a, content." Yeah, right. But again, I'm saying that's the reason I did it. Like you could only get to max power usually because it was like a hard mode or trials or you know uh, Iron Banner. So I, yeah. I I wish that there was that. Like, hey, here, 650 is the max, but we'll get you to 640, and then the last 10, you got to actually do Do the raid. Yeah, do the Mm -hmm. raid or do trials or do the forge or something that's not just play anything you want and get a prime engram. Something for me is – and on your point, something for me is just off about Destiny 2 about that that – yeah, that gear, like grind. gear grind. Yeah, and uh, I can't put my finger on it. I've been ha- having trouble articulating yeah. what what it is that's missing. But in Destiny One, I love playing the well. I was sweaty. Yeah, <laughs> but like I would go back all the time and try and get those raises. Like when you got your arms finally, yeah, you lost your mind, or you got Vex Mythoclass, or you got Galahorn. Yeah. and now when I get stuff, I'm like, oh well, I got it. 
Some of that, I think, is the token system. Yeah. Some of that was just how they had gear drops implemented. But we, it was kind of a different problem that we experienced. We joked There's like Forever 29 and mm-hmm. Forever 31. How many times <laughs> yeah. did you run Crota and never get the one piece that you needed? So you ran it like mm-hmm. 20 times in order to get a helmet. Like that was good and bad. There is definitely pros and cons. But yeah, now that it's a collection game, yeah. that that I think well, has been that grind has been taken. I think away what Destin it, is right? feeling is exactly what you were talking about earlier. To get those things, you had to do the end game content. You had yeah. to do the raid to get to those certain thresholds. And you had a, if you had three characters, you had a limited amount of time per week. Now yeah, you have, two. if you have three characters, you have literally any activity in the world, you can get to 650, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think that kind of kills that so excitement. I could, yeah. I could do the raid or I could or do could one just, match of Gambit. Or you could I could do, do one strike. Ba- match of PvP. And I think just the answer okay. is making yeah. the gear unique to the activity. Like yeah. you yeah. can still hit 650 by doing PvP or cruise, like or you know PvE or whatever you want. You don't have to do the raid. You they have do, to do have whatever. sets. They have gear sets. But if you want like, but if you want like a gear set that benefits you in the raid, you have to yeah. do the raid. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, totally. Uh, I kind of cut you guys off. I just kind of wanted to get that out there and talk about it. Really. But how do you feel about Last Word in the sandbox, Sean? You seem really positive about it. I've heard some feedback on on Reddit about the the console version of Last Word is has really bad recoil, yeah. especially on ADS. And uh, on PC, people are saying it feels better. Uh, how are you guys feeling about it on PC? You said, oh, my God, it's so great before we came in here. <laughs> yes. Awesome. So listening to those guys play, I'm on a controller. So give your take real quick, and then I'll give the controller. So a- you guys were on Discord with me the yeah. very first match I jumped into yeah. Crucible. And the first thing I said is, like, it's a little different. And then 10 seconds later, I was like, this is the most amazing gun in the world. <laughs> and it's because if you're within, let's call it, 10 to 15 to 20 yards of someone. And this is mouse and keyboard. Mm-hmm. On mouse and keyboard, I play M and K. We all, um, we all play PC. Yeah, yeah. We all play PC, yeah. MNK, MNK, your controller. controller, and your MNK too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, within that range, it literally just deletes people. Like if you can land all of your shots and if you can land headshots, like they just evaporate <laughs> in front of you. Like it does so much damage so quickly. Even I was doing okay with it, and I suck. <laughs> so yeah. it, it is yeah. very, very powerful and very good. Um it actually kind of blew my mind to hear on console the recoil was so bad because yeah. in my head, like, there is no recoil on it. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. why it's so good is, like, yeah. I can just – when someone's running at me or running near me, I can just hold down the trigger, fire off eight shots, like, within 1.5 seconds or less, mm. and they just get deleted off my screen. And <laughs> – if they're a little bit further away, you have to ADS and then take your time because you lose the fanfire perk. But, man, it is very, very powerful. I see it being outranged uh, yes. like by Ace of Spades. Yep. Um, and if you have Memento Mori up, like the TTK might be even. But at close range, like in that end, and even up to mid range, like I just don't see anything competing. Yeah, it's pretty, I mean, primary wise. So, so as a control user, I mean, again, even at thirty versus sixty, like that's a another, shotgun. that's another different conversation. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. oh yeah, I meant you know what I mean. Yeah, kinetic. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when you're using a controller Dust on uh, <laughs> Dust Rock Blues, <laughs> we were grinding for that a little bit last night. Uh, yeah, at sixty on controller, it's it's good to hip fire uh, because it's a little bit of ADS, but not at range. So, Stephen, you were beating me at range with M and K. Uh, now, thirty frames. I don't know what that feels like. That's the main reason I can't play on console. Just so, all tab out of your PC copy, and you'll remember thirty. Exactly, frames. and and it's it, it's unfortunate that that's the case, right? Like even when Destiny was really launched, like I I wanted to play on 
on on PlayStation for PvP, it does feel very different. It just there's just the data that's not there. Like even the sensitivity that I play at between sixty plus and thirty is different. So I get that that's going to be an issue, but I think it's a nice balance. I think there's weapons that can definitely outplay it, like you said, from range. So introducing it into the game, it doesn't feel OP. No, it doesn't. Like I just think yeah. it feels pretty accurate, and and, mm-hmm. and that's what I love about it. I hate sniping. I'm a shotgun ape. And Ace of Spades and Shotguns, they just pair so well together. Yeah. And Last Award, or Last Award, Last Award made me enjoy sniping. I played against CJ a couple times yesterday. I hate sniping, but I was sniping yesterday. It just fits so well with Last Word. Mm. And it, it, it's a gun that does get outranged by Nofragon, Luna's Hell, and uh, Ace of Spades, and probably, like you said, Thorn. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't feel overpowered at all. And when you're close and you die to it and you get deleted, I mean, that's what the gun is supposed to do. Yeah. 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 You know so, what that moment is going to feel like. Yeah. And that's kind of what I love about it is like it requires this sort of tactical mastery of the yeah. positioning. Like you can't it, – it is – you have to know like it's extraordinarily good, maybe the best like in-class weapon up to 20 yards. And then beyond that, you got to kind of be smart about how you approach the fight. And maybe you don't take a fight longer than that. If they're using a Nafragatner or a Luna's Howl. But the animation, seeing it in your hand, yeah, the banding like, of the trigger, it's so it's super cool. Like, so iconic. Yeah. Outside of Ace of Spades, because that's like Cade's weapon, like that idea like of the gunslinger, of it being a hip fire thing, of like this quick draw. Yeah. It's so cool, man. It's like the Wild West in space. Dude. Yeah. It's like. Uh, that's a good time to transition actually into some fan mm-hmm. questions because we got a really good one from Goldbug. And we're going to get to a few of them today. But uh, I don't know how many we'll get to. So if you have any, leave them in the comments below. And let me know how you're feeling about Destiny, if you're feeling the same way I am, or if you're still excited and grinding every day. But here's the one from Goldbug that kind of leans on to what you guys were saying. He says, what is your opinion on flinch in the game? I would like it removed. More recoil (laughs) and decreased aim assist would be better, in my opinion. Uh, The flinch, especially uh, ADSing on a lot of things, it's very hard to hit stuff. So how how are you guys feeling about that? This is likely a a PvP question. In PvE, it's there too, but PvP is where it's most important. Yeah. Yeah. Steve and I have had this conversation too with snipers. We were playing last night to just test that stuff out. It is one of those things where... I do feel like it's at a nice spot right now. I can understand why people want the flinch reduced because um, it's on the second shot. Like if you get hit when you're trying to get sniped, if you get hit when you're trying to get sniped and you're aiming in for the second shot, it's really hard to line it. And it feels sometimes like you're on the the head and it just doesn't quite connect. Mm -hmm. You feeling that? I was going to say, I don't actually have a problem with flinch itself. I have a problem that you can't fight the flinch. Right. Like, I have on numerous – this is why I don't really snipe because I think if I'm sniping and I get hit, I should have recoil. But if I'm good enough to time my crosshair coming down and land on them and then pull the trigger before the next flinch, that shot should land. And it doesn't. It doesn't. Like it doesn't. You're totally right. And even though I suck, there have been shots where I'm like, okay – I know I'm bad, yeah. but that hit him in the face. Yeah. 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 And it's kind of like, so I have the moving target perk, which helps me. I mean, Steve, we were playing one-on-one. Like how many times did I get the initial first headshot on you? And it's like, you are either sniping and getting a headshot or you're not. Now, the nicest thing is if you get a body shot with Luna's Howl and some of these other weapons that you're going to be able to switch to, because I like uh, Bite of the Fox, which is a primary, it is a nice game still to be able to hit a body and then switch your weapon. Getting a second shot off on a sniper is not feasible if mm-hmm. you miss the first one. You just yeah. you might as well like run away because you're you're at a lost cause. Yeah. Stephen, how are you feeling about snipers and flinch? Sean nailed it on the head. Uh, the part of the skill gap in D one was you could combat the flinch. You could mm-hmm. fight through the flinch. You could yeah. predict where your uh, 
reticle is going to go. And D two, it's just like a it's just like a crapshoot. Like it, oh, I got hit. I might as well. Just yeah, it flies everywhere. Um, it's although, literally sorry. Go ahead. I'm I'm assuming this person is on PC because they said a uh, decreased aim assist. I don't think decreased aim assist is. There's a ton of aim assist in Destiny, mm-hmm. but look at the hand cannons. Hand cannons feel like crap because there's not a lot of aim assist. They had to up it in a patch recently, or not recently, in a year one. Yeah. Um, decreased aim assist, I think, would make Destiny not feel good on console. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't think more. I don't think more recoil or decreased aim assist actually makes PvP or anything better on console or on PC. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I said, a way to fight through the flinch is best. Yeah. Wait. This. So. He would like flinch removed, but oh, more recoil. Gotcha. Yeah, I thought, like I thought that's more trigger. flinch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's an interesting conversation because I feel like it's actually pretty good, but I can I can understand people wanting it reduced. I think that's the main reason why sniper meta is very low right now because yeah, people can't hit the second shot. Mm-hmm. It's not being able to hit the second shot when you're taking hits that I think is the reason why. Mo- well, I mean, it's the reason why I know you don't snipe. It's. It- Literally, I very I remember this the very first time I jumped into Destiny and started sniping uh, in Destiny Two. Yeah, I took a shot in the head or like in the body, and like my aim went up, and I was like up timing it, and like I landed right on, pulled the trigger as soon as that crosshair came, and then I got flinched again. Yeah, and it's one hundred percent on his head. I'm not moving. It landed, and no kill. No hit, mm-hmm. no damage. And I yeah. was like, that's dumb. And I stopped sniping because it yeah. should work that way. And some, I think this again was created because in Destiny 1, snipers were very OP. Like they were, you know, even Icebreaker. Like Icebreaker was crazy. It was mm-hmm. slow and had crazy amount of recoil, but <clears throat> not flinch. Like if you came down with an Icebreaker and missed the first shot, you could hit the second yeah. one. You're right. And you know what? Because of that, I learned how to snipe in D1 and I got better at it. Yes. And I think I, I would like that. More than this flinch thing where I can't do anything with sniper. And I, and I think, yeah, we, we all joke like, you know, I think I've seen this comment too. The thing that hinders Destiny 2 in, the, in its main competition is Destiny 1. And especially from a muscle memory standpoint, well, yeah, people are even saying that about the last word. Like you have – if you've played a lot of Destiny, you actually are always comparing it to Destiny 1. And that is their biggest challenge when you take the same weapons from D1, yeah. bring them into D2, but they and they're feel different. different. Yeah. It, there's a psychology there you can't quite like – So. Here's a great on. here's a great sort of counter not a counter example an example of where Bungie has actually done this perfectly before you get played a little game called Halo yes oh when you get, out, yeah. <laughs> you, get when you get out of your ADS yeah if you get knocked out of ADS when you're sniping yeah if your crosshair was on him even when you're un ADS pull the trigger and it you can pull the trigger unscoped and still headshot that guy from yeah. across the map mm-hmm. because it's still a sniper straight. yeah <laughs> and you're aiming in the right direction like whether or not you're scoped in or not you yeah. know and it just feels like it feels like an oh, unnecessary feels, nerf in but, Destiny. But, but that, but that's like that. There's a broader conversation there about like you know the Icarus perk when you jump and bloom if you're not scoped in. Like all that stuff is done intentionally to lower the skill gap so that it, it's you know there's not OP dominant snipers. Like I get uh, so, why see, I say that's not good. Yeah. So this is the thing. Well, is I don't. I know, yeah. I I don't mind there being a big skill gap. One and then two. I don't like the idea of artificially decreasing the skill ceiling. Yeah. Like that's the problem. Is like yeah. If you're good enough to be able to land a really awesome sniper shot, the game shouldn't limit you from doing that. Yeah. Have you guys played comp at all? I sort of did. Somebody was saying it's hard to question. get in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's awful. Yeah. It's yeah. not great. We played two games in 40 minutes. Yeah. What? Yeah. Because yeah. we're at like 3,500, almost 4,000. And at that range, 
I get, I again understand the reasoning, but now, especially on PC with the player base not there, you can wait sometimes like 10, 15 minutes before you get into a game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. A good a- time every, for everyone involved. Exactly. Yeah. It's like for every <laughs> pro, there yeah. are some cons. And yeah, that's uh, the only one. I got a more positive question from Insomnia Bound. When did everyone in the group realize Destiny was something special for them? Like, what Ooh. was that wow Ooh, that's moment? A great question. Uh, that's Does a anybody great have question. one off the top of their head? Um, I mean, Trials for sure, because, you know, again, I met Steven playing Trials. I've actually met a bunch of people outside of the game that I met playing Trials. I still think that is absolutely crazy. Um, today, actually, or, or with Bife on the 29th with Fran, you guys yeah. were actually out of town. It's my third year anniversary for on Fireteam Chat. And, wow. and it was really weird because that was some of the connection to getting to IGN. I played with you a little bit, mm-hmm. played with Fran, and, you know, was investing tons of hours. Um, so that, yeah, those early raids and that experience, because I was never a PvE guy, it was crazy to have that mechanical, you know, team effort into these experiences. Because I did, I looked at Bungie as the PvP game. I did not come into Destiny thinking, oh, I'm going to play this and we're going to do raids and PvE. Like that was not even in my consciousness yeah. for something that was going to be there. So that was a that was an icing on the cake. Love the PvP. PvE was extra, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. What about you? Sean. Oh. Um, <laughs> for me, it would have had to be Vault of Glass, like doing that yeah. for the first time. Like, just the sort of the design of it, the, like, the mechanics of the encounters, uh, like, how big and expansive and awesome it was. And I've always thought the Vex are, like, the most compelling enemy in terms of, like, who they are and what they do and why they, like, time-traveling, hive-minded robot. It's just super cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, like, when I jumped in there and kind of realized, like, oh, this is what destiny is at its core like these really advanced team mechanics and great mm-hmm. gunplay and awesome world and design and lore like that's when i was like oh this is a game that i think if it's like this all the time it'll be amazing mm-hmm. steven man that's that that's i feel pretty nostalgic thinking back at it it's probably vault of glass for me i was addicted to destiny one just like getting all the loot and stuff that i thought it was so cool that like the engrams dropped and stuff like that <laughs> yeah. And yeah like it was kind of like rng and, and that like it's, it's, it kind of feels like you're gambling. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's fun. It probably exactly is intentional, like Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then dopamine. Vault of Glass. Yeah, that dopamine. <laughs> it just triggers. Yeah. And that Vault of Glass, the first time entering it, because I remember um, we were just chilling in party chat and someone, I didn't even know Vault of Glass was a thing. Like, I didn't know there was a raid. Yes. Someone in my party chat was talking about it. And I was like, wait, so it's like a strike? It's like a really hard strike? And they're like, yeah, but it's like really hard. Like you didn't know about <laughs> vault? Really? No, like yeah, I didn't oh, know wow. either. I mean, and and he was yeah. like describing it to me. He's like, "There's like a mechanic," and like, and I was like, "Okay, so like, did you beat it?" And he's like, "No, we've been trying for like 25 hours." And I was like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "So it's like a nightfall?" And then he's like, "No, it's not a nightfall. It's it's something crazier." So I like hopped in, and I was like, "Dude, this is insane." Yeah. But like, I think. The time I realized it was special, this is going to be super savvy. <laughs> it was when I started connecting and making friends off Destiny. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, I would not know any of you guys if it wasn't for Destiny. Yeah. If you think yeah. about it, I literally know you because of Destiny. I know some of like my closest friends. This is a weird way of thinking. If I got married today... Right, it might be because of destiny. No, no. If I got <laughs> no, if I got married today, where are you going I, with this? If I got married and I was in, I was compiling my uh, invitation list, ha- like half of those people I think would be from the destiny. <laughs> That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, like I've met 
so many people from Destiny, like, and then you guys, you like, lifted. Uh, yeah. Man, I know so many people from Destiny. I think that's when I realized it was special. Yeah. I mean, that is a big part of it, too. I've met, like, Daddy. Bodum and Lloyd and yeah. Trevor and all these guys and, you know, oh. orbs for my bros, yeah. Randy Savage, my crew on the Xbox, who have now migrated over to PC, finally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> A lot of friendships made through this game. It's one of the real special parts. I'm actually really surprised none of you brought up the really one defining moment for Destiny that I think a lot of people love and mm. fell in love with, which is when we all spent two months shooting into a cave. <laughs> oh, the loot, loot cave. cave. I know, fun oh fact, God. I yeah. never did that. What? Oh, oh. I never did that. You missed out on a lot of engrams. Yeah, you did. <laughs> never did that. So for me, uh, my answer kind of leans into what Steven said, the relationships that we've built and such. Like yeah. you and I really started conversing through Destiny. Yep. Sean, I always hated you. And Steven's here because of uh, his relationship with CJ and Fran. And I kind of started uh, having him work on some Fortnite stuff for us. And he ended up being all right <laughs> turns yeah. out he's kind of good so, yeah. Funny really story. Games. <laughs> so the first i knew fran from fire team chat and he was streaming he was playing trials and he was just getting molly whopped yeah <laughs> but i went in his chat and i was like hey do you want to play like yeah we can play together you know what the first thing is oh I didn't even know what your KD is. That's oh, my God. God. That's bro. the first oh question. Fran God. He's thirsty. <laughs> One of that lighthouse rubs. Listen, up. Fran, I've seen you play. <laughs> also, You're another super surreal moment is is Lars. I followed Lars for the longest time since Halo 2 and the Vidocs and stuff. Yeah. And Lars just, is cool. Yeah, and just seeing Lars in those Vidocs all the time and just knowing his name and, like, knowing that he was a Halo person and then <laughs> yeah. just seeing him for the – like, meeting him in person for the first was time Was that at, at E3? E3? Yeah. 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 It felt weird. It felt so <laughs> surreal because I've known this guy for like a decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not personally, just yeah. like in the Halo universe. Yeah. And just shaking his hand for the first time. I was just like, holy shit, this is lost. <laughs> yeah. That's a very surreal yeah. thing that happened to me too. I was walking yeah. to the Destiny booth at E3 and I hear a Finnegan. And I would like turn around and there's a guy who I don't really know. And he's like, <laughs> it's Lars from the Destiny team. And I was like, oh, hey, man, what's up? Like, I've seen yeah. you in videos and stuff. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was interesting that he it knew was me. super surreal yeah. for yeah. me. Yeah. Like I was like, dude, that's yeah. the uh, Vidoc guy. Bigger, bigger <laughs> picture. The the big wow moment for me was yeah. uh, the first Guardian Con I went to. I, yes. I had no plans to go, and the friends yes. like, "You need to go. You need to go to the yeah. event. You need like, to go. You're the host of the show. You need to go." So, I do this show with you guys, and I sit in a studio. Nobody's in here. Ronnie's in the back. I know him. It was probably Malkowitz back in the day, or I was the one hitting record on the camera. And yeah, I start making this show with Jose and Alfredo and Sean and Fran and yeah. the people who were here at the time. And then you go to an event like Guardian Con, and uh, I'm like, no one's going to know who I am. Like, I, I go to industry events all the time, and sometimes all you of, get a hello. Yeah. But going to Guardian Con uh, on a personal note and having people walk up to me and recognize me and say thank you for the show and everything, like, yep. like that's 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 humbling for me. But secondarily, Guardian Con as an event is this really really special event because yeah. it's all the content creators sort of coming together to support an amazing charity, raise a ton of money. Yes. And it's, it's a really good feel good event yeah. for everybody involved. And it's sort of like really highlights why the destiny community is amazing. Cause yep. you've heard me on this show. I talk about how I'm having like a, a content lull for me and I'm looking for that new carrot to chase, but I've established friendships with, because of this game. Mm. Uh, I've, helped work on a show for nearly 200 episodes which is coming up by the way a few more yeah and <laughs> and i'm part of a larger community some who know me some who don't yeah that is just doing awesome things for the world 
yeah. at large. And for me, that is a wow moment. The yeah. fact that everybody involved with Destiny can come together and do something amazing like that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. we've played a lot of first-person shooter games. I mean, we're kind of on the sap train. We might as well keep going. Like, have you guys had any of these experiences really in other games besides Destiny? I have in Halo 2. Halo 3 and Reach. I've met players in those games that I became friends with in real life. I don't think of really any other shooter games where that's happened to me. I think Titanfall 1, I met a few people, but yeah. it's been mostly Bungie games, which is weird that that secret sauce is just kind of embedded in there like that. Yeah. yeah. Time really friends. Starcraft? I've had, I've had some friends from like World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Went back. But nothing quite like Destiny. Yeah. Starcraft maybe for me, but not real life people that I met. That was like before I was in the industry or anything. So it's like you talk to people online and then you you find yourself signing on and hanging out with these people across the internet that you're just typing to that you sort of establish a relationship with. And it's a really fascinating sort of uh, development. Yeah. And everybody in the chat, the chat too. Like it's really cool that we have, um, you know, a community of people who come to watch the show every week. Mm -hmm. It's super odd still to me that. People still just come every week to chat you see the and hang regulars. out. Yeah, like they're they're in the comments. Like Michael Hill's there all the time. Favorite Friday show. It's like yeah. you know, it's cool that that actually is a thing. And so yeah, I appreciate everybody who's in the chat all the time. So yeah, definitely, it's cool. That's all I have for this week. There's a ton more questions. Uh, Paris left a question. It's somebody that I definitely want to get on the show. He's a very yeah, nice man. Yeah. You guys haven't met him before. Yeah. But uh, awesome. yeah, that's all we have for this week. We went we went over on time, which is totally fine. People and seem to like that. We have questions for next week. So <laughs> here's what I'm going to ask. In case there's nothing big to talk about next week, leave some questions in the comments below. We'll put we'll pin a comment, and you guys can ask us anything that you would like, and we'll converse about it. Take me to task. Take any of us to task, and we'll talk about it directly with you on this show. Uh, that's all I have for this week, guys. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, Guardians, Guardians out. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.